You're listening to Beat Autoimmune and Thrive, the podcast all about reversing and preventing autoimmune conditions so you can live your most vibrant life as soon as possible. We talk about autoimmune root causes, actionable solutions, and inspirational healing stories. I'm Palmer Kippola, and I used to have MS. Today, I'm an author, a speaker, a functional medicine certified health coach, a pickleball player, and nature lover who's helped thousands of people reclaim their health and their best lives. Let's dive into this episode. All right, everybody. I'm super excited that Linda Clark is here to join us. Linda Clark is a certified nutritionist, and she has a master's degree in nutrition, holistic nutrition. One of the things that I love about Linda is that she has her own personal story, uh, an autoimmune recovery story that I actually write about in my book, uh, Beat Autoimmune. In fact, if you have the uh, paperback version, she's on page 41. So I just wanted to introduce everybody to Linda uh, live here because Linda has her own community of people that she works with in Sacramento, California. She has developed a powerful a powerful program that she calls Detox 360. And she's taken hundreds, maybe thousands of people through this program to help them overcome autoimmune issues. And this is squarely exactly where we are right now in our (laughs) discussion about food, the foods to eat, the foods to avoid as we go into this 30-day food vacation phase. That's what I call it. Linda calls her program Detox 360. Um, Linda, You had chronic fatigue syndrome, you had fibromyalgia, you had celiac disease, you had multiple chemical sensitivity, you found that you had loads of mold, you found that you had loads of candida, you grew up in a household with a lot of stress just like I did. It's kind of like our toxin bucket just continued to fill up, (laughs) right? Until all of a sudden our gut is a mess and we just go tilt with these conditions. So. I would love for you to talk a little bit about how it is that you recovered from all of those conditions with food. You have an amazing story using the elimination diet, which you had some ups and downs with yourself. So um, help us to understand what your personal experience was with that. Yeah, as you know, I've told you before, Palmer, I, I was a vegan vegetarian at the time when, uh, when I got really ill. Uh, and I had to make a dramatic shift and transformation shift in how I was thinking about food because I was a junk food vegan and I was eating more starch, more sugar, a lot of packaged foods, all of that, you know, and you and I know from what we learn and not only from nutrition, but from our, our clients is that getting into whole foods is healing. And I had no idea that that would be what would happen for me so that I could introduce healing into my body and transform my health. So what I decided to do was a a long journey because I was a vegan for philosophical and spiritual reasons. And I was determined that this was going to be my life. But then when you get ill and you're still not getting well, it's like doing the same thing over and over again, but not getting any different results. So I had to make that transformation and I had to kind of switch my philosophy into thinking, 
what was going to help me get well. And what turned me around initially was the yeast connection. When I started reading it, I took the questionnaire and I said, I have every one of these symptoms. <laughs> What's going on here? Maybe I have this thing growing in my body. So I followed the advice and it was somewhat of an elimination diet. And for a month I did it, <clears throat> took some supplements and I felt better, but it wasn't quite my story. I found another book called The Fungus Link and he says, Take out all the grains, take out all the starches, take out all the legumes, take out the dairy, <laughs> do everything possible. Basically, I was left with, I had to eat meat and I had to eat vegetables. And that was, and I, and then you can imagine, here I am thinking, oh, I'm going to live a vegan vegetarian life forever. And I realized that it's possible I wasn't going to get well. So I made a dramatic shift. I had to go inside and say, hey, what's more important right now? I have to live in this life, so therefore, I've got to make that shift. So I went basically on almost an autoimmune-type paleo diet is what it is. I had no nuts or seeds. I had no grains. I ate meat and vegetables for three solid months. <laughs> and what, I mean, it was transformative. And I realized that food was my medicine, whole foods was my medicine, but I needed to eliminate the foods that were causing the problem. And um, I think you know this, that I do have a history of autoimmune in my family. It's now six generations, including my daughter. Wow. And it's thyroid autoimmune, but there's multiple autoimmunes. Never diagnosed with anyone. Um, so... It was turning on the autoimmune genes, and I had no idea because I've had all these low thyroid symptoms along with all of this, mm -hmm. and they started to renew. I started having more energy. I felt better. Um, it wasn't my total journey yet, but it was a big part of my transformation into thinking, you have to do whatever it takes to be healthy. So let me pause you for a quick yeah. second because that is so powerful what you just said. This is a mindset shift mm -hmm. that you decided, you came upon a book, you came upon two books, The Yeast Connection. I think that's William Crook, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, William Crook, yes. And then The Fungus Link. I don't know who wrote that, but that, it sounds like it's still applicable today that you decided that you got to do this. So first of all, to overcome those vegetarian preferences that you, by the way, you had for philosophical reasons, it is huge. I mean, that is such a tremendous mind shift mindset shift or a mind yes, shift it is. to go from this is the way it's, I'm going to be to I'm going to do whatever it takes to get well. And then you did it and had that experience. Now, I do remember in the book, we talked about this too, that at the end of this elimination phase, you decided, well, that's, that's good. I can go back to what I was yep. eating now. So what happened then? What happened <laughs> yeah, when you I added did. back? <laughs> I want to hear about that. You know, I hear this so often from my clients. When can I get back to my diet? <laughs> you know, fast foods, French fries, you know. Right. I was that because I love pizza. I love burritos. You know, I loved anything with grains in it. I mean, mm -hmm. I absolutely loved wheat. And so I went back to it. And I was miserable, 100% miserable. Um, so I thought, well, okay, maybe I'll modify it. Maybe I'll have a little bit because mm -hmm. I love bread and I was making my own bread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I wasn't, I wasn't renewing myself to where I was prior to that. Mm -hmm. But 
I hadn't made that direct connection yet, but I, I knew there was something in there. And it wasn't until I finally realized that I needed to even go further, and then I started studying health, that I absolutely had a sensitivity to these foods. That is so empowering <laughs> when you figure that out and you put it all together, and it takes that that internal desire, right? I mean, you, it sounds <laughs> like you were just determined that you were going to get well. Determined determined. And this is what I tell all my clients. I says, you have to have that determination, that internal drive to get yourself well and do whatever it takes. Because what I discovered was I had to transform my diet at a very high level. And this is where I got more into the paleo approach. Now, I didn't know it was paleo. I just knew that it worked better for me. So I had to take all grains out. I took legumes out of my diet. I kept nuts and seeds in my diet. I added eggs back in to my diet. Didn't know I was allergic to eggs, but <laughs> regardless, okay. you know, and I realized that this diet seemed to fit me better mm -hmm. um, and not realizing that I had such strong genes for autoimmune at the time, because every time I would go back, then I would start getting my symptoms. So I finally realized that I had, there was a, a certain diet that was working better for me. And that's what I tell all my clients. Sometimes you have to do a therapeutic dietary approach to get to what diet's going to work for you. And if you have an autoimmune, we know that there are certain foods that are going to cause immune havoc in your system. So therefore, those therapeutically need to be out of the diet. But then after you get really stable, then there could be some adjustments. And if we look at dairy, dairy and gluten are so cross-reactive. They're very similar in their amino acid structure because all proteins have these chains of amino acids and they're very similar. And there are other foods, there's other grains that are very similar too as well. And they can tag the immune system and create an autoimmune storm for some people. But for most of us, I find, and this is what you asked me about what we do in practice, I find that gluten and dairy are the two foods that cause the most immune challenge. And are you talking about all dairy or specifically cow dairy? And, and just so everybody is really clear, yeah. we're talking about animal dairy. We're not talking about necessarily like the seed milks and the almond milks. So we're talking about no, animal. We're dairy. talking about animal cows dairy because not only the casein, but there's other like uh, casomorphine, butrophilin. Those are other proteins that you could be reactive to. Um, what we've learned over the last few years from all the wonderful research that's out there on these foods and how they challenge the immune system is that there's a 94 to 96% chance that you will also be reactive to goat's dairy and sheep's dairy and other types of, of dairy from different animals because of that protein molecule. Uh, so what I find is I don't have my clients do any of those initially. Then we may test them afterwards to see if they're still reacting or not reacting or if dairy is a possibility. But I will tell you in 16 years of doing this work and working with mostly autoimmune clients, I haven't found one that hasn't reacted to dairy. Wow. Not one. Wow. It doesn't matter I, that if it's A1 or A2. It doesn't matter. Wow. That is such a powerful nugget. I just want to pause right there because I think a lot of us, you know, kind of fall into this slippery slope where we think it's just yes, how dairy that's do. bad, right? Like I just... <laughs> 
you know, even camel milk. Can I have a little bit of that? What about donkey, which are <laughs> professed to be like these super, super healthy versions. Um, so huge. I just wanted to emphasize yeah. this. Uh, so gluten and dairy are the biggest baddies. And yeah. what else do you see? Because I don't want to miss eggs. You mentioned you're allergic yeah. to them. So how did you know? I am. Finally? Yeah. Well, I, I did run a test. I ran Cyrex Labs test, Array 4, cross-reactive foods. I ran two other tests from Cyrex. Each time I was absolutely sensitive and reacted to all aspects of egg. The albumin, lots of different proteins to eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have a lot of symptoms with that. And that's the thing that I I address with my clients because sometimes they say, well, I've eaten gluten and I don't have any symptoms, but the symptoms is their autoimmune condition. And this is like, they're thinking they're having digestive symptoms. That's old knowledge. Unfortunately, you know, fortunately it is old knowledge, but unfortunately in medical school, it's not taught, not all the new research is that you, it's very easy for you to have a reaction to these foods, but that may not be just digestively. Right. Because we now know that anywhere in our body, absolutely a link to anywhere. It could be the brain fog you're experiencing, the migraines, the MS, the Hashimoto's, the lupus, whatever. Exactly. I had neurological, I was diagnosed with MS at one point. I don't have it, but because I had so many neurological symptoms, brain mm-hmm. fog, memory issues. It was profound. I was trying to get my master's degree. I would pray that I'd get through the tests because I was still eating wheat before, you know, you know, I eat a whole bunch of wheat before I would go into the classroom. So finally, by the end of my program, I had made that shift. So I understood what was going on. Yeah. But I am one of those that has neurological issues and thyroid issues yeah. as a result. But I had no digestive symptoms whatsoever. So this is, this is the, such an important point about having non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So you may have celiac disease or you used to. Um, I am, have the non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Yeah which is, can be much more insidious because absolutely right. I continue to eat this stuff and I have no idea the havoc that it's wrecking. So we know gluten and dairy are bad. What are your other top foods that need to go for good that you found across the board? Soy. (laughs) Is this, are you just talking about regular? I'm going to press you for details on these. Are you talking about regular soy? Are you talking about fermented soy? Are you talking about the the, most soy is GMO now? Are you talking about all soy? All of it. All of it. Got to go. All of it. Genetically modified, glyphosate ready. Because they're, um, they're crops that are subsidized by the U.S. government. So you know that they're going to have a certain profile. And they're going to have a lot of pesticides with it. Um, the fermented soys that are available. It doesn't matter because you're looking at the different proteins. And again, with soy, there's many proteins, just like with the gliadin gluten fraction. So many different proteins that you could be reacted to. And there's new studies to show that some people um, don't react to soy in general, but the different proteins in soy as well. So it doesn't matter if it's organic. It doesn't matter if it's GMO. It's just soy across the board. Highly allergenic. It's in the top eight foods of uh, immediate reactivity to foods. And you'll find that on Mayo Clinic website, American Academy of Asthma, Allergy, Immunology website. You'll find that on there. Children are more prone to having a soy uh, allergy or soy reaction. So I always take gluten, dairy and soy, those three majors out of the diet. Peanuts is another one that we take out. 
um, the molds, the ergot molds, and of course your aflatoxin molds are you're going to find in corn. Corn is another one that we do take out. It is cross-reactive to gluten and dairy, but still a GMO, right? glyphosate. Uh, so again, we're, we're looking at some of the foods that we know that will cause the most problem for the most people. Got it. So now we've got yeah. gluten, dairy, soy, peanuts, corn. What else we got here? Um, well, I do look at some of the grains. Uh, some are more difficult to digest uh, because this is why I run those. You know, I hardly ever run a lot of food tests because if we do the elimination diet, don't need to do it. Don't need to do it necessarily. Mm-hmm. But some people want to add in some of these foods. So I say, okay, <clears throat> I know even if after they've been off an elimination diet, they aren't on the foods, and it's better if they are eating the foods when we test, but I go ahead and run the test anyway. Or even I run without them eating it. Even yes. without them eating it. Got it. Okay. Yes, because sometimes I see some residual, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we'll see it. Okay. They're really reactive to the foods. And are those the Cyrex labs, like the three, four, and the 10? Are yeah, you doing those? I run the, mostly the four cross-reactives because mm-hmm. they have soy and egg on there as well. And lots of other grains. They have all the non-gluten grains mm-hmm. included. They have all the dairy fractions on there. They have some of the gluten grains on there. So I, I try to make it as simple as possible because if they have an autoimmune condition, those are the foods they're more likely to react to. But so what honestly, are you seeing come up again and again with your clients? Are, they, are most people reacting to eggs? Are half the people, what would you say in general? Because this is such a big category considering, you know, we want things to be able to eat. You know, people don't want yeah. to take them out unless they absolutely have to. I get that. I Personally. see. I see eggs eighty percent of the time. Eighty percent. Yeah, and um, soy, also. I see uh, corn, at least sixty seventy percent of the time, and oats, mm-hmm. as well. Quinoa, um, not so much. Not so much millet and some of the other amaranth. Some of the other and hemp. We don't see hemp very often. Sesame comes up probably about forty percent of the time. And sesame, there's, um, I pull up research studies when I teach about my detox program. Sesame is um, one of the most uh, significant allergens in the Mediterranean part of the world Hmm. because they use a lot of uh, tahini. That's right. right. In their hummus. (laughs) That's right. And it's listed even in Canada, it's supposed to be listed on labels because it has become one of the leading food allergens across different parts of the world, which is fascinating because I, I love sesame, right. sesame oil, right? but I do see it, you know, maybe 20 or 30% of the time on those tests. So what do you say when, have we finished all the foods that are, mm-hmm. you're finding people are really reacting yeah. to? So they pull all these foods out. Do you also have them take out coffee and alcohol, by the way? Is that part of your Detox 360? I just uh, want to get the full I, picture of what you take out <laughs> for that period of time. Uh, I do coffee, yes. Any stimulant, especially. Coffee is full of mold, uh, unless it's a low mold variety. Caffeine is um, disrupts your blood sugar immensely, and a lot of people are living off of caffeine because their blood sugar is so unstable. We try to help them regulate their blood sugar during the cleanse process, mm-hmm. and we don't want people living off those stimulants. It's kind of a false energy. 
I want them to experience what their energy is really like, like good, solid energy and what they're going to get from their foods and from the cleanse. And they all say that all my clients say the same thing over the last 16 years. They feel so much better. Their energy is better than they've ever experienced. And they're not drinking coffee or caffeine. Alcohol is another one because alcohol gets into the gut very fast, crosses the blood-brain barrier very fast, causes breaches in the blood-brain barrier, just like a leaky brain and you've got a leaky gut. It's one of the major reasons for a leaky gut. So I try to keep people off of it. And you know, in California, Northern California, we love our wine. I have clients that own wineries. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they give me whining. I say, don't serve any wine before it's time because they're whining to me. Like, oh. I can't do a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> it's like, no, this is a therapeutic program. Let's see how you do without it. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, reintroduce it and see how you respond to it. Okay. One more question on foods to take out and then we'll go back and then we'll get into reintroduction and then for life. Sure. So the last category that I have is legumes. You mentioned peanuts and soy. What about lentils and other legumes? Are you a, you know, is this a problem with lectins? Is it something that you take out as a category? What do you recommend? I'll say, I'll say legumes and beans. Yes, we do. We take it out of the diet, um, on any elimination diet that we do takes out legumes. (laughs) Um, I do have some vegetarians that I keep it in, but I take out grains. I find Mm -hmm. grains are much more inflammatory, cause more problems than the legumes for my vegetarians. If they insist on being vegetarian, which is fine. You know, it's, it's a lifestyle that many people are developing. I just help them be healthier with it. Um, but for my other clients, majority of my clients, we do take out legumes. Yes, the lectins. I've read, done a lot of research on lectins and how they affect the immune system and how they can tag the autoimmune gene. Mm. But again, sometimes I, when we're doing, um, we're adding, we do a food challenge, we add foods back in. Sometimes people do well with it, even if they have an autoimmune. But Again, it depends upon them, their stress levels, because they could be flaring up their autoimmune all the time. And when you have those foods in there, makes it worse. So, you know, if they're in a flare, they call me immediately and now, and they say, oh, I have all my symptoms back. I say, get back on your food elimination diet. Mm-hmm. You must do that. For, give me a month or two. Just get the flare down. But I find for most of my autoimmune, especially if you have one autoimmune, you're likely to get two or even three autoimmune. So I prefer that they stay off of them if they're willing to do that. If they're not, then they eat the healthiest forms, the lentils, the different kinds of uh, bean family rather than soy. So, um, but I don't have that many, I'll be honest with you. Most people with autoimmune conditions do much better if they're off most of the high lectin foods, which is grains and dairy. Nightshades, that's a, that's a whole nother <clears throat> category. Um, the people I find that are most susceptible to having a nightshade issue, not only with the nightshades, but with the lectin content, are um, people who have skin issues, who have joint synovial fluid issues, <clears throat> Rheumatoid arthritis is one of those. Arthritis, even osteoarthritis is one of those as well. Um, psoriasis, eczema, I find that they 
do react. I have a client who has got rosacea. You can see it on her skin. Three days later, after coming off of all those foods, doing the elimination diet, I saw her skin. It was almost clear. And I thought, oh my gosh. Wow. This is the but power of healing with food. This is I mean, the this power is so of healing with simple. food. So simple. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. You take all this stuff out for a month, let's yes. say, but I heard you say something that I, I really want to uh, touch on. If people are having a flare, do it again. How about the people, if you're still having symptoms, do you say keep going until you don't have symptoms anymore? Or where do you put the boundaries around this? And then how... Do you have people reintroduce foods over what period of time? Well, again, it depends upon what they're dealing with because sometimes we will have to go further with the diet because we have people who have a lot of mast cell activation with mold and with Lyme disease um, and they need to, they're going to be throwing out a lot of histamines. So they're going to be reacting to the histamines in foods. So I sometimes will have to take out all the fermented foods, the avocados, some of the higher histamine foods. I have developed a whole dietary approach around that so that they can start to get well. And then this is where uh, the functional approach comes in. You have to identify what is sensitizing their immune system, what's challenging it. And this is where I'll run another lab test, Cyrex Array 12, for all of the chronic stealth infections that cause more serious autoimmune conditions. So we know that it's just food, but it also is a challenge to the immune system that we also have to work on at the same time. But then again, sometimes we have to adjust the diet further. And I've had several cases where that has been imperative and it's made a huge difference for them to clear out some of those foods or oxalate foods. Sometimes we have to take out the high oxalate. Spinach is very high in oxalate. Nuts and seeds are very high in oxalate. Legumes, of course, are. So everyone's different, but we're finding we have to do that approach because so many people are getting autoimmune these days and there's a more complex cases that we're seeing. That's right. That's right. So for the 80-20 rule, so for the people that come in to see you to do the Detox 360, <laughs> they haven't done this before. They get started. They do this for 30 days. Most people in my, in my research, in my experience, yeah. working with my clients, 60 to 80% to 100% improve Absolutely. just by eliminating these allergenic foods. Yes. And some people stay that way full time. Some yes. people, you know, there's something more to exactly. be done. Exactly. Exactly. People, so it's it's what I have found to be the highest leverage category of anything that we look at is the food. So over what period of time do you have them add it back in for two days, mm-hmm. one day? How how do you do okay. the reintro? Um, I usually have them do a food challenge, and it's wonderful in my detox program at the very end of it because it's in a manual. Um, they get a schedule, a food challenge schedule. And every three days, they're introducing a new food or a food group. Like, for instance, nuts and seeds are out for the program. So they're going to add them back in. Most of them are tree nuts. They're all not tree nuts, but most of them are tree nuts. So I have them add all of those in rather than just one. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they know that there's one they're sensitive. Almonds are probably the top one that we see any problems with. Yeah. So I have them add that in for one day only, and they do several servings for one day, and then three days. They give them, I give them three solid days. By the third day uh, and into the fourth day, they can stop and see. Over that time, 
on this schedule, they're monitoring their symptoms right. to see if they have any. And they make a note, no symptoms, no noticeable symptoms, like no flare of autoimmune, no brain fog, digestive issues, whatever their issues were. And then I say, but do not add it back into your diet yet. Wait, do the full food challenge. And then we take the next group, you know, and in our program, we don't have beef. We do have lighter sources of protein. So I say, add that in and see how you do. So the food challenge will last probably a couple weeks at least as they're adding legumes or whatever they want to add in. Mm-hmm. I, tr- I encourage them not to add gluten back into their diet ever. or dairy, ever, ever <laughs> or ever. dairy into right. their diet. Uh, if not, they have to test. They they have to go have to go into mm-hmm. testing. Um, so it may take a couple weeks or more to add that back in, which is good because they're still staying on the same diet overall. That's so right. It gives us a few more weeks to do that. Um, I had one client who is so funny. She <laughs> she owns an organic farm and she has for years, and she has lots of chickens, and she grew up on a farm. And she ate eggs almost every single day of her life. She has an autoimmune thyroid condition. (laughs) And she done so much better with our program overall. She did the full elimination. And she started adding foods back in. And then she started adding eggs back in. And sure enough, some of these niggling symptoms that were still present showed up. Mm. And she was astounded. But she grew up with it you know, for 50 years or 60 years, she'd had eggs. And so even though they still raise chickens and sell eggs, she doesn't eat the eggs anymore. So I have that, that brings me to a question that is, has confounded me and many people for years and years. And maybe you can shed light on this for us because you just, you just addressed this. Why is it that we become reactive to the foods that we eat the most? What is happening inside us? Do you know the answer to that one? Yeah. Um, what happens is um, when we start to get, uh, how can I describe this? And I, cause I've been studying immunology a lot lately, so you'll have to bear good, with me. Good, good, please. Um, we make a dramatic shift from part. We have different parts of our immune system. We have our a good innate immunity, which is going to handle the viruses that come our way and the bacteria that come our way. We also have a part of our immune system that helps us tag whatever it is that we need to go after. So what happens is over time, if you've had a stressful life, if you've been exposed to pesticides, she lives, she grew up on a farm full of pesticides. Mm. Yes, she has an organic farm, but she lives in an area where they grow other kinds of crops and there's pesticides being sprayed, unfortunately, around her all the time. So we've got some of these toxic exposures. So the immune system now is in a total load effect, more challenged than ever. It shifts itself into a part of the immune system where you become more allergic. So it makes this dramatic shift. So this is why we're seeing people with more allergies than we've ever seen before, more toxicity than we've ever seen before, causing these allergies and more reactive to the toxins. So people start reacting more to things. Yes, if they have a leaky gut, of course, they're going to be reacting to things. But when that immune system makes that shift, that will actually turn on the autoimmune genes. This is the irony of this. So they start having lower immunity overall. And their immune system is always actively fired up, creating autoimmune if they're eating something they're reacting to. Now, 
it may not be eggs, it may be something else, but this is what's happening. And so wow. this is happening to children too. Mm-hmm. This, this is happening because they're, they're not playing in the dirt. They're not building up their natural immunity. They're, <laughs> they're using uh, products on their skin and, and soaps that have back, antibacterial. It, they're losing their microbiome. Integrity is what happens when this shift happens. Right. We're losing our tolerance to our yes, environment. Our we are losing, we are Perfect. losing that intolerance. And so, but, but this is, I really, really want to emphasize this. We have shifted mm-hmm. from being tolerant yes. to a, an intolerant state because yes. our total toxic burden is high. And yes. I want people to really understand that when we continue to burden our immune system by eating these foods that don't agree with us, our immune system can't go fight other things that it's supposed to. I mean, because it's simply distracted, trying to fight those almonds that you're eating, trying to fight the eggs. Yes. You you simply (laughs) don't have, I'm sorry, I'm getting passionate about this. I'm really getting revved up, but you don't have, you know, all your fighters are over here like eggs, 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 wheat, 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 dairy, 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 kill, kill, kill. Meantime, you know, you've got some big bad virus coming in and it's completely exhausted yes. because it's just completely fighting this stuff that we could have controlled in the first place. Is that? That's exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Because this is what a conversation I have every single day with my clients and especially my clients with cancer. I tell them, look, cancer is a natural immunity, natural killer cells, T lymphocytes. You have to have the integrity of that system to fight. But if your body is fighting the foods, it makes a shift, you know? So this is why even with my cancer clients, they're off of all of these highly antigenic and allergenic and inflammatory foods. So yeah, and to preserve the immune system, this is what happens with autoimmune because otherwise you keep firing. It's like a self-amplifying loop. Fired up, fired up, fired up, fired up. <laughs> you have, you've lost your integrity and your immune tolerance. And we see this so much. We're seeing it more and more than ever before. Because when I first started, it was a lot more simple, maybe because I couldn't handle as many complex cases. <laughs> but now that I feel like I'm overwhelmed with knowledge, that we're getting these severely complex cases. And we have to wend our way through. But food, with a, if I would tell people, if you're not eating whole food, if you're not lowering your antigenic load from the foods, it's going to be very hard for your healing mechanisms to be activated. And so food, is, it's really important that the diet is essential to your program. And then de-stressing and all the other things, of course. <laughs> we have a whole book about that. I know. This is such a beautiful place. It. This is such a beautiful place to end this conversation for this moment because you've given us so many pearls of wisdom and I think I couldn't have said it better myself in terms of lowering the overall toxic load. We have to start with food. That's the lowest hanging fruit. I know it's going to be hard to get started. I know people whine and complain, but I'll tell you, vibrant health, tell us, Linda, I want you to have the last word here. What does vibrant health feel like compared to how you used to feel with like, let's flash back to 20 years and, and tell us. Yeah. Thanks for asking that because I ask that of my clients too, because they'll come in and tell me I have never felt like this in my entire life. 
It's like maybe they have been compromised for a long time. When you have no energy, when you cannot function, when you cannot live your daily life, I couldn't even drive. It was so bad. I could not sleep day or night because my immune system was so overwrought and challenged. I lost a business through that whole process because I could not function. I started having so many issues with speaking. I was a professional speaker at the time. I couldn't even do that anymore because I couldn't speak well. I was stuttering. I couldn't remember things. I mean, that's profound in your life, the quality of your life. There were that times wasn't a I, life. That doesn't even sound well, like a life. This it is sounds like you were barely getting by. I was, I was barely functioning. Mm-hmm. But I have that drive in me. Like I've, I know that there's a difference. And so when you're out of that, to be able, for me personally, to be able to do this work is such a blessing. Because I can circumvent for a lot of people all the problems they've had all those years of trying to figure out what's going on and how things have shifted in their bodies. And to have a life where they're thriving, they're less stressed than ever before, they don't have all of their symptoms that were making them feel ill and less productive. So for me, vibrant, vibrant health, vibrant life. I mean, that is, that's my mantra with everything because I think health is a dynamic process and it, it that needs attention every single day and if we keep making those conscious and conscientious choices every day we have that control we have that capacity to do that and choosing health for me is the most important thing I do every day because every day it's about the healing choices that I make for myself, but it also spreads out for helping my clients and my family. My, my, even my, one of my daughters and my son-in-law said to me, we are so grateful that you are healthy. <laughs> number one, we don't have to take care of you. But number two, <laughs> <laughs> <Good point. laughs> but, but, but really for me, it's because I want to be healthy. I want to do this work and I want to spread the word of health. Well, you have done just that. We are creating ripples, my friend. And that's what this is all about. These ripples of health. And it starts with us. And it starts with our next meal. And it starts with a choice. And it might be hard. But I'll tell you, both of us are proof that we are now on the other side. Absolutely. Like we were told there's nothing you can do. You know, you're going to need to be on medication for life. And by the way, I just want to point out that the shelf behind you, that's not pharmaceuticals. Linda is in front of a whole lot of vitamins and supplements. So I didn't say that at the outset, but I just want everybody to be really clear. that yeah, we're not- This is our dispensary in our office. <laughs> healing, healing food behind us. Healing food. I love it. This has just been an honor and a privilege talking with you, Linda. I hope that you will come back and talk with us again, because I know that there's so much more in you and we We've got to talk about detoxifying and that'll be super fun. But this has just been such a privilege. Thank you. Thank you, Palmer. And thank you so much for writing the book. It is a beautifully done book. Oh, thank you for sharing your story to make (laughs) it that ripple effect. Absolutely. I'm more than happy to do it. And thanks for asking. Love it. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if you feel inspired, please leave a quick review so other people can find it too. Now, if you want to beat autoimmune and thrive, make sure you sign up for my free video training at freeautoimmunetraining.com. That's 
freeautoimmunetraining.com and watch the first video right away. Take good care. Bye for now.